This is the last day of our period of formal group practice. With that thought, it's easy for the mind to move towards what I'm going to do after the retreat's over. What am I going to do next week? Is it time for my solo retreat practice? Is it time for joining in with the work program? Or am I thinking about what I'm going to do with the rest of the, the rains retreat or after the rains retreat? Where will I go? What will I do? As a retreat period like this comes to a close, it's a natural reaction. Or it can be trying to hang on to the quality of, uh, of mindfulness and awareness established during the retreat. I've got to keep this. This is great. How can I hang on to this? I'm dreading what I'm going to have to be doing when this is over. These kind of attitudes are natural, familiar, very ordinary for us. In our Buddhist languaging of things, this is called becoming, bhava, bhava-tanha, the desire to become. A leaning into an imagined future. Absorbing into plans, hopes, responsibilities, worries. The mind creates the idea of a future, and then, a, and then there's a leaning into it, an inclining towards that. And with that leaning into the imagined future, there's naturally a, a disconnect or a, an obscuration, a losing the attunement to this present reality. In the teachings it says, bhava nirodho nibbanang. Nibbana is the cessation of becoming. When the heart is free of that becoming urge, caught up in that leaning towards or leaning away from the imagined future, trying to stop it and get rid of it, get away from it. This all comes under the heading of becoming. When it ends, when that becoming stops, there's peace, Nibbana. So this last day of a retreat, I always like to encourage people to investigate this very feeling, if this arises. It's a great opportunity to explore that becoming urge, planning, expecting, hoping, fearing, that inclining, leaning into the imagined future. Getting to know that, feeling the texture of it, the taste, the smell of it, the feel of it. Then, through awareness of that, the heart lets go. 
Not like, I should let go of becoming. I've got to stop this becoming urge. It's just leaning towards vibhavadana, the desire to get rid of. It's a matching partner. They're a pair, really. But letting awareness inform action. Trusting in that quality of awareness. Knowing the feel of becoming. The texture of it. And let that knowing, that awareness, that appreciation, be what then informs the the relinquishing, the non-grasping, the natural falling away of interest, intoxication. This quality of bhava, It's a kind of subtle restlessness. When we think of restlessness, we assume it means being uncomfortable on a meditation cushion, feeling busy or agitated, the mind, racing around, chasing after thoughts and feelings, perceptions. In the list of the five hindrances, there's udacha kukucha, Morris Walsh, uh, helpfully translates as flurry and worry. It even makes you feel a bit itchy, the, hearing the sound of it, udacha kukucha. So that's quite a coarse level of restlessness, the body fidgeting on its cushion, agitated, busy mental states. But it's also interesting helpful to reflect that udacha, just that one part of the the term on its own, udacha, is one of the most subtle of the the sangyojana, of the ten fetters, one of the the five higher fetters, and one of the last things to fall away before full enlightenment. So udacha at that level, which is the ninth of the ten fetters, it's not fidgeting on the cushion. It's not so much that busyness of thinking, but that subtle kind of leaning towards an imagined future. It's the very root of the mind's belief in space, time, as being real things genuine, absolute qualities. These five higher fetters of Sangyojana, the the first one, or the number six on the list of ten, is Rupa Raga, which means passion for states of meditation based on form. States of absorption based on concentration on a particular object, a form like the breath or the nada sound. Rupa raga, passion for the formed. Then the next one is arupa raga, passion for the formless. So this is attachment, infatuation with states of meditation based on formlessness. So the formless jhanas. 
infinite space, infinite consciousness, no thingness, and neither perception nor non-perception. Arupa-raga. In simple terms, this can be seen as the mind being uh, focused upon both qualities of form, a sensation or a sound, a, a light, and being fascinated by that. It's wholesome, it's skillful, but there's an intoxication. The mind is bedazzled, it's a raga. The Buddha also referred to this area as Dhammanandiya, or Dhammaraga. The mind is overexcited about Dhamma, overjoyed at the presence of Dhamma. Then it's an obstruction, it's a, a hindrance, something that blocks the heart, confuses, obscures the natural clarity of the heart. So even the experiences of great spaciousness, infinite consciousness, infinite space, no thingness, if the mind has an unskillful attitude, a kind of intoxication, entranced, in those very states, that becomes an obstacle. Aruparaga. So even space can be Deluding. And next on the list, the eighth of these, of the ten fetters, is asmi mana. Asmi means I am. Mana is conceit. So this is the conceit of identity. So even when the, the mind has let go of attachment to the body, the personality, our personal story, those very visible, tangible aspects of me and mine, there can still be the subtle sense of, of an I that is the, the owner, an I the experiencer, an I that is this being, an I that decides, a me that, that chooses, Asmimana is that very sense of, of I, me, and mine, not visibly, obviously attached to any of the five khandhas. It's like a, a subtle grasping at vinyana khandha, really. A subtle grasping of the quality of, of knowing or experiencing. It forms into a feeling of, I'm the owner of this mind, this body. I'm the owner, I'm the one who knows this experience. I feel this, I am this. I do this, I choose this. So that conceit of identity, asmi mana, that's the eighth of the ten fetters. And a lot of the focus of insight meditation, the development of insight into not-self, is that illuminating, Exploring, getting to know those subtle feelings of I and me and mine. The kind of questioning, investigation that I talked about a, a day or two ago. Asking questions. 
Who's experiencing? Who owns this moment? These are tools to explore this feeling of, of asmimana, these patterns of identity, habits of identification. And udacha is even more subtle than that. So this kind of udacha is the mind that creates time, that creates location. There's a here and a there. There's this time, there's the past and the future. So that restlessness is the idea that this isn't quite real or complete or full, but over there, something a bit more real, a bit more special. That's possible. It's a promise, a potential. So there's a, a subtle leaning towards something in the future that's a bit more real, a bit more complete, a bit more fulfilling, a bit more peaceful than this. So there's the attachment to time and causality. This is the effect of something that happened in the past. Something I do now will create an effect in the future. If I do this now, I'll get that then. If I, if I head in that direction over there, I will arrive at that. These are ordinary, everyday assumptions that we make, but these are all this, say, based on these subtle kinds of attachment to time, to location, causality, and form. So for the heart to fully be liberated, to fully know its own nature as Dhamma, there needs to be a recognition of these subtle kinds of attachment, the way the mind creates past and future, and even present. It creates places, even the concept or the perception of space is based on our sensory experience of the three-dimensional world. To use a word like space is a convenient fiction. Just a means of referring to a particular quality. That too needs to be let go of. A development of, of insight, the freeing of the heart, involves this kind of exploring, Dhamma Vijaya, investigation, seeing these different areas of attachment, how the mind creates a future, a past, a me that is traveling through time, a me that is here, that is not there. How it creates a here and there, these are all conditioned, born, formed, and not the unborn, unoriginated, uncreated, unformed, ajati, abhuta, akatang, asankatang. And then the tenth of the ten fetters, just to complete the list, is ignorance, avicca itself. So even if that quality of restlessness, that subtle kind of attachment to time and location, form, 
causality, and that's all let go of, still there's the, the haze, the blurriness of avicca. Even when subtle feelings of I have fallen away, the mind can still not be seeing completely clearly. Not knowing completely clearly without delusion, without bias. So avicca is the tenth of the ten fetters. There are many different ways to, to look at this or explore it, but to consider even things like the way the mind frames its experience of the world in language, concepts. We think that our words, our thoughts, accurately, accurately represent the reality of the way things are. But language is a set of convenient fictions, approximations. When we say blue, red, green, these are approximations, they're ways of referring to somewhat shared experiences. There's nothing solid, permanent, absolute there. So letting go, being aware of the subtle influences of language, concepts, number. If we think that numbers and mathematics are some kind of absolute reality, that too is a fabrication. It's a symbolic kind of language to make sense of the experiential world. There isn't anything absolute there. It's just a set of convenient fictions. Of these various kinds of subtle attachment, identification, these are deeply rooted, heavily conditioned within these minds, these hearts of ours. But we have this opportunity to explore, to see, to feel, to know those kinds of influences, the way time, space, place, language, concepts, we can explore that, consider, reflect on how these are taken to be absolute truths. And when they are truly felt, known, apprehended, then their solidity falls away. Their empty, transparent nature is apparent. Their thingness disappears. simple and direct way to explore this kind of habit of attachment and restlessness. Lumpo would encourage just to walk one step at a time. How many uh, times during the course of a day are we going from one place to another? Every step can be just that step without there being that becoming urge me heading towards something, but rather, here's the mind aware of this moment. The body's still moving through space, but the mind that knows it isn't going anywhere. Awareness 
doesn't apply. There's movement, but stillness. Stillness outside the world of space and time. The ever-present Dhamma. Akaliko, timeless. Sanditiko, apparent here and now. Walk one step at a time. Or again, as Ajahn Chah would say, a samana, a religious seeker, a religious practitioner, has no future. Whenever we see the mind leaning into that imagined tomorrow, today, next week, just to question that, explore that. Is there a future? What is this? Is the Dhamma somewhere else other than this present reality? Feeling that, knowing that, and then the quality of the heart relaxing, easing, opening to this present reality. Here it is. Nothing missing. Nowhere to go. Nothing to do. How could the Dhamma not be complete here and now? 